Welcome back to the All Personal Podcast, where we turn the good old saying, nothing personal, just business, upside down, and prove how, in fact, it's all personal. Nothing is just business. Because it's how we use our personal skills every day that makes us happy, both at home or at work. Now, for those of you looking for a job, or making your next career move, or maybe returning to the workforce after, I don't know, a long absence, this will be a super episode to listen to. Here's why. Lisa Fenton is a certified supply chain management professional, a supply chain manager, and an advocate of championing women back to work with a focus on negotiating beyond salary. Lisa enjoyed 12 years with her three boys at home before going back to work. Passionate about case studies, she took the challenge of getting back to work and used the problem-solving formula and gap analysis to map her own journey of getting back into the workforce. When Lisa attended her first supply chain professional event upon deciding to return to work, she told herself, you are just like them. The only difference is your past doesn't have a company listed under your name. Now, let's go get a job to add to your past. Oh, and um, did I mention her business is called Propelled by Possibility? Exactly right. So let's see how we can be propelled by possibility. Lisa, welcome to the Old Personal Podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here this evening. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you as a guest uh, because we have planned for this. We've been planning for it for a long time. So I'm happy that we finally got to, to record this episode because I'm really, really curious about what, what you have to say. And just to start, um, please, can you shortly introduce yourself to our audience today? Sure, absolutely. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here today. I Professionally, I'm a supply chain manager with my designation. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I have a husband and three boys, and I work full time. And I also have a business on the side um, propelled by possibility. Mm-hmm. So doing all those things keeps us very busy, <laughs> but lots of fun. Never a dull moment, right? Right. So, yeah. So I, I started my journey kind of, you know, like most people, I graduated from college with a diploma um, in marketing. That's where I specialized. Mm-hmm. I worked for about 13 years in various positions, lots of different uh, jobs, which was great. Then we decided once we started our family that I would stay home uh, with our boys. I was fortunate to be able to be with them for about 12 years. 
And when the youngest was going back to school, I decided, we decided as a family that, um, you know, I would go back to my career and rejoin the workforce. So Mm -hmm. I kind of gave myself a year to do that because I knew obviously being out for some time, it wasn't going to be just an easy transition. Yeah. And, but it was fun. I mean, it was no, it was a a fun journey, right? So Mm -hmm. a challenge. Um, So kind of the first thing that really kind of started the momentum of my back to work journey was kind of an interesting event. Like I mentioned, I'm a supply chain professional. So I started back uh, reaching out to my supply chain group and they had an event that was coming up that was free. So I thought, great, you know, it's a perfect opportunity to get back out there, Mm -hmm. um, meet some people and have some fun. So I uh, basically thought to myself, well, how am I going to really prepare for this? So went out and got a haircut, bought a new suit, uh, made up some networking cards, (laughs) right? (laughs) And hopped on the go train, which is about a 45 minute ride into the city. Mm -hmm. And I spent those 45 minutes trying to convince myself that I would go into a room full of a couple hundred professional peers and presenters and introduce myself with the hopes of finding out about possibly a job or upcoming job. So that interesting uh, situation, I kind of stood back before I went in and just gave myself a little pep talk, said, hey, you know, you're no different than the people going in there. You just don't have a company name on your hello tag. So that's kind of the little pep talk I gave myself, Mm -hmm. checked myself over and made sure I was all good. And walked through the door and met lots of great people, had a great time, and handed out lots of uh, networking cards. And I happened to be um, talking to a lady who was really interested. And she said, well, I really like how you're approaching your journey. Would you like to write an article for me? And I was so shocked. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) So I could not sit still the whole rest of the presentations or the rest of the day, or even on the train ride home. And... uh, I got home, wrote the article, and it was published a couple months later. So that was kind of the start of my back-to-work journey. Kind of started very interesting, aren't we? Well, I think you did a pretty good job preparing for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> those, were, those were, by the way, some good uh, pointers for anybody who wants to go to networking events. I mean, I think if anybody, if everybody approached networking the way that you did <laughs> that day, then um, yeah, that may result in something more than just meeting some people it can result in something surprising right yeah absolutely sometimes Mm -hmm. when you just jump out of your zone you you get surprised by what happens and it's sometimes a nice surprise like it was in that event yeah absolutely and it's um so how did you um how how was it for you because you mentioned that um you you had a break and then um decided you get back in the workforce and started to prepare for that and gave yourself a pep talk now i think not everybody is able to to do that the way that you just described you did then and maybe more people would would like to be able to give themselves a pep talk and maybe they they can they can learn from you. What do you think were those those skills that that you had and that allowed you to to be able to do that and so successfully? 
Well, I think it helped that I got in a professional kind of mindset because like I mentioned, mm -hmm. I went and got a haircut. I went yeah. and got a new suit and I had a professional, you know, like a, a networking card. So I felt like I was one of them. Right. Mm -hmm. And then in reassuring myself, I just kind of boosted my morale or attitude, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. And really, it's true. I mean, I really was no different than those other people walking through the door, except that I didn't at that time have a job. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. And I liked how you how you said that you were one of them. It's, um, I think maybe that's one important reminder for everybody who wants to approach in the same way you did. Yeah, it was fun. I was trying to be upbeat and I was trying to be, you know, just put myself out there. What, you know, what's the worst that could happen is that somebody could say they didn't want to take my card, mm -hmm. which that's not really the worst thing that could happen, right? So. Yeah. I mean, in, in life, definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Were you, um, I don't know, were you anxious or were you scared or were you before you went there or before you started to prepare? Um, well, yeah, a little bit. Like I said, I spent 45 minutes on that train ride. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of trying to convince myself that, you know, I could do this and it was going to be fun and, I tried to look at it that way, and I think that kind of helped a bit. Mm -hmm. uh, how many how many years of um, of experience did you have at that point before your uh, everything? Before I left the workforce, like mm -hmm. I mentioned, I had worked for about thirteen years. Mm -hmm. I had um, a couple positions like customer service inside sales, and then my last position I had before leaving the workforce was uh, a buyer for a small custom cable manufacturer. Mm -hmm. that were located locally and I had worked there for I think it was about five years before I left there mm -hmm. so yeah a little bit of experience in planning and purchasing but not a lot in mm -hmm. terms of what most companies are looking for yeah mm -hmm. okay and um and then okay you get into this networking event you talk to this lady she wants you to write an article and what happens next? So, uh, like I mentioned, it was a couple months later the article got published. Mm -hmm. And right around, just before the article was published, I was doing uh, cold calls as well. Cold calls, just calling local companies and introducing myself, leaving messages on, you know, an HR uh, voice message kind of. And one of the messages I left, uh, the company actually called me back and said, well, we don't have anything right now, but, you know, if you want to send your resume and your cover letter, uh, go ahead, send it in to us. And I, I did. I thought nothing would happen. And I heard back from them, and they said they didn't have anything right away. And then I just kind of left it and kept uh, networking and, you know, called calling and looking mm -hmm. around. And not too long after that, they did call back, and I said, well, you know, we don't have anything in purchasing, but we do have a customer service position coming up. Mm -hmm. we'd like you to come in for an interview. So I thought, I have nothing to lose, right? It's uh, a good company. It's local. It's not too far from home. And I knew that they did have a purchasing department. So I thought, you know, it's a stepping stone. If I even get in, get some current experience, and maybe, you know, continue on my um, certification, like mm -hmm. it would be a way to finance that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's still not a bad thing. So I went to the interview and prepared. I contacted my old references who I'd worked with previously, many, many years ago. Right. <laughs> I kept 
I'd kept in touch with them for a bit and they were glad to support me and I got professional. I reviewed some uh, negotiation notes, just like customer service, kind of tried to get in the mindset of the the job that I would be doing. I mm-hmm. took my networking card and I researched the company. I researched the two people who were interviewing me and I went in and I had an amazing interview. I love interviews. That's a weird thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, that's something that you don't hear very often, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, like I treat them kind of like a research project. Ah, because, interesting. Yeah, because I want to know that they're a good place for me to be as well as for them to hire me, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, we had such a fun interview. Um, we, we were laughing and we were having a great time. So I did end up getting the position and I was in the position for about three months. and. Mm-hmm. I was really trying hard. Like I was job shadowing people. I was taking notes. I was doing as much technical learning as possible. Mm-hmm. I was learning the system SAP. Um, I was really trying to put myself in a good position to move forward if it came about. Mm-hmm. And I was even visualizing where I wanted to be, like physically the person who I wanted to, right. <laughs> to replace, mm-hmm. which kind of sounds funny, but um, sometimes you have to visualize, right? So yeah, I mean, yeah, I, you know what, I hear that a lot. And uh, sometimes you visualize even without realizing that you're doing that. So yeah, just, sometimes, you know, yeah, just imagine yourself somewhere. Or yeah, exactly. Or other, so yeah, yeah. So the end of my three months was coming up. And um, I was lucky the planner who I wanted to take her job actually announced she was leaving. Mm-hmm. So it was exciting for me, but not for my boss. <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> As you can imagine, I had just literally finished my training, not even, you know, right. very, very soon. Um, and I went to her and I said, you know, I can help your team out really well because I know exactly what your team needs to get their answers. But I'll be on the other side in the planning department. Can I go for this position? And thankfully, she was, you know, not happy about it, but she was okay with it. Mm-hmm. So I did the same kind of preparation. I reached out to my connections, told them I was still at the same company, but going for another position. Would they support me again? And they did. And so I got out my purchasing notes and reviewed negotiation again and just reviewed like, you know, supply chain um, strategies and just trying to get in a supply chain mindset versus a customer service mindset. Mm -hmm. So I did get the position and it worked out great. And I stayed there for almost two years, I guess. And then I was working full-time, commuting. I was doing my designation. Um, The kids were busy with activities, and the commute was just getting really uh, a lot longer than it had originally started out as. Mm -hmm. So I had worked one day, uh, one week straight through, and then I had gone to a workshop on the weekend for two days straight. I came home that Sunday night, and I said, I just can't do this anymore. This is crazy. So I actually um, went on went on my uh, laptop and Googled supply chain analyst in Whitby. And a position came up. So that position was closer to my home and it was a really good fit. I read through the job posting and thought, yes, 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 I have all of this. It's all good. So Sunday night, you know, I'm doing my cover letter and my resume after being at work and and this workshop all weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Sent it off and thought, oh, I'm probably not going to hear anything. Oh my God, how did you pull that off? I mean, weren't you tired? <laughs> weren't you exhausted? Come on. <laughs> yeah, very, very much so. But oh, wow. um, so but I got up. Very motivated, I guess. 
right? Yeah, I, I just, you know, I had had enough. I just said, this is just too much, right? It's time mm. for a change. Yeah. So Monday I get in my car, you know, I'm off to work and commuting and it's raining and it's dreary. Mm. And just, just a dull day, right? Mm. So I get back in my car, you know, at the end of the day and I'm on my way home. And this was before my car had Bluetooth. Um, my phone rings, my cell phone. So I had to pull over. Thankfully, I wasn't on the 401 yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I pull over and it's the vice president of the company that I had just applied to. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Took me by surprise. <laughs> so I wasn't expecting that call, I tell you. So uh, I had a short little conversation with him and we both agreed that it was uh, sounded like a good fit for both of us. And could I go in for an interview? Mm-hmm. So, of course, I said, you know, absolutely, uh, I'll be glad to come in for an interview. And um, then he mentioned the salary, and I was like, oh, it's not quite where I uh, really want to be. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, maybe, you know, there's other things that we could talk about to consider uh, on top of the salary that might be uh, able to be agreed upon and beneficial for both of us. Uh-huh. So he- a real negotiation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is in my car in the rain Uh, on the side of the road. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, so I went to the interview and we had a great time. I took my article with me because it had been published uh, for some time at that point. And we had, we had a great time and we went back and forth a couple of times negotiating further by email because both of us were not always available by phone. Mm -hmm. And we came to an agreement. So, Eight years later, I'm still with that company, but not in the same position that I started right. at. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So. yeah. It's, um, it's funny to, to hear you talk about that. And I think your story is um, maybe even more powerful to me <laughs> uh, because I work with a lot of people who are looking for, for jobs, who want to present themselves better, who want to... Um, have more successful interviews to speak better to understand um, better the, uh, the company what they need and how they can fill in what the company needs and so on and I think your story is perfect uh, perfect example of what you can achieve when you prepare for for what you want to do and when you know exactly what you're looking for. Um, I've never heard anyone before you um, giving such a detailed um, description of how they prepare and how well they, they prepared for the interview or even for, for, for the job search. So, Thank you. Um, and I wanted to ask you, uh, because you said that for you, even the interview is part of the, it, it's, it's a research. And I think what you were doing even before the interview was the research. And then the, the interview was like the, the, the top of the iceberg <laughs> in, your, in your research process. And I, I was wondering, um, is that's clearly something that you know how to do well? So I would put it as in that's clearly a strong muscle for you, your, your research skills and your, your customer service skills. 
do you think that your experience in marketing and supply chain and customer service, do you think all of that um, helped you with your, your job search and your interviews and with all of the research? Or what else is there to it? Yeah, absolutely it helped. But I actually, uh, I really drilled down into a very specific plan. So mm. during all this time while I was searching, I created um, my own personal game plan. And that game plan involved, it's going to sound funny, but putting myself in the problem-solving uh, format. So in the mm -hmm. problem-solving step, like what is the problem? So, okay, so I myself am the problem. I can't get a job. Well, you know, why are the reasons? Okay, it's, you know, the economy, it's the training, it's, um, you know, being able to uh, react quickly once an opportunity comes up. Mm -hmm. And then for the gap analysis side, I took, I researched uh, the economy, what companies were hiring during that time, what three positions were they hiring for, and then what three common skills were they looking at. And then I compared that to my three common skills and then I put that in a gap analysis and ranked the skills in order of importance mm -hmm. and then also created a budget and timeline uh, based on that analysis to equal my game plan. Where did you learn to do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, um, it comes from like the problem solving steps were from the case studies that I had done previously in the mm -hmm. supply chain courses that I had taken. Um, the gap analysis, I, I think it was probably a supply chain course that I took to learn how to use that tool. And then just combining them together really gave me a strong uh, plan and putting that on a, a timeline. Like I actually created a Visio timeline mm -hmm. with, uh, with milestones, like, you know, for training, I want to do this in this time frame, this in yeah. this time frame, mm -hmm. all the way along because I'm, I like visual, visual pictures to see progress. Yeah. So it helps. Mm -hmm. I yeah. think that's like the, the perfect example of how um, uh, presumably just a job in supply chain can, can teach you a whole lot um, and can and be so useful for your own personal development. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, many strategies in business can be yeah. transformed into your personal goals, right? For yeah. sure. Mm -hmm. And when when did you when did you come up with the idea of um, propelled by possibility? I love um, it. By the way, I love the name. It's beautiful. Thank you. Uh, in April, I just uh, well, it kind of all started last May when I just kind of wanted to start talking to women and share how to get back into the workforce with a focus on negotiating. So last May, I kind of challenged myself. I said, you know, I'm going to just start public speaking it's not my thing but I really want to learn how to get better at it so I actually reached out to the lady who runs the one woman fearless summit mm -hmm. and I went to Saskatoon last May and just challenged myself to get up on stage and talk to do a talk to women about returning to work mm -hmm. so after that I thought well anything's possible right so <laughs> And that's where it started, right? Yeah, yeah. So, what do you do? Uh, what do you do with that? Do you um, do you talk to big groups, small groups? Do you do um, coach women? What do you do? Yeah. So, 
after that, that was like just kind of a jump out of my comfort yeah. zone, like as far as I could. Um, then I had to start finding opportunities. So I started really small with a few girl guide groups. Mm-hmm. I went and spoke to some girl guides, just encouraging them to consider negotiating their first career job because that's a huge, huge important factor for someone just getting into the workforce. And from there, then I started writing more articles. I've done a couple blogs. I've done a couple podcasts. And most recently, I went to Chicago for the iRelaunch conference and spoke at Northwestern University to a group of amazing women who were looking for jobs. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of, I'm just having fun with it and helping wherever I can yeah. in terms of events and speaking opportunities. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, it's amazing that you, that I think it's amazing that you do this and it's amazing that you saw this, this need that's a real need um, on the market nowadays, um, especially for, for women who break for, um, I don't know, either maternity leave or uh, whatever reasons they have. Um, do you have any any questions that you got after your your you've been speaking at these events that um i don't know not necessarily shocked you but that you found more interesting yeah actually so i mentioned that i went to the one woman fearless last year yeah. and i was fortunate to set my table up i had a table with uh some of the articles that i'd written Mm-hmm. and a, a small business card there and a booth and a banner with additional forms of compensation to negotiate. And the lady who sat up beside me was incredible in terms of being on the stage. She really owned the stage. She was an amazing speaker. So I learned and gained a lot of uh, tips from that. But not only that, her style of marketing was incredible. She had four challenges for people to do to get a ticket mm-hmm. to enter into a draw for a Kindle. And to do these challenges, it was different things. I can't remember exactly what all four of them were. But, for example, one of them was um, if you stood with her beside her banner um, and took a picture and posted it on social media, you would get a ticket Mm -hmm. to enter into her draw. So she had such good ideas and such enthusiasm and just so positive. I learned so much from her. Mm -hmm. It was more valuable than than being up on the stage, truly. (laughs) Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, yeah, because you 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 learn by observing the others as well, right? So yeah, absolutely. And yeah. she was like the best person I could have set my booth up. Yeah. <laughs> and um, is there <clears throat> any? Uh, what do you think? Because you've been doing this for a while now, and I think what what is your feel around the around this topic is it easier nowadays for women to get back to in the workforce is it more difficult what do you how do you feel this vibe it's interesting because um while people are celebrating age diversity and that Mm. it seems like they're still Um, I don't know, it's not a stigma, but it's still a hesitant to entertain a gap. And I think that the way that I overcame it was I always didn't hide it. I presented it like I was privileged to have the opportunity to be at home with our boys for that time. Mm -hmm. 
And I think many people try to, I don't know if they try to hide it. Maybe they just don't try to highlight it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and I think it's really not something that you should not discuss because there's so many skills that you gain uh, during this time, whether you're, mm -hmm. you know, managing your time with your kids, you're trying to, you know, do all of these things, you're trying to budget, you're trying to just uh, negotiate. I mean, how many times do you negotiate with your kids during the day? Right? Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of learning there. <laughs> yeah. So I think that it's just, you have to look at the skills that you mm -hmm. also um, gain during these times. And I think highlight those skills and not be afraid to discuss them. Yeah. I think it's beautiful that you brought that up because I'm not sure uh, and, and maybe I'm wrong, but uh, from your interactions with, with these women, do you think they were aware of all of the skills that they were practicing on a daily basis by just by staying at home? Because you say, yeah, I'm just staying at home. You're not staying at home. You're doing no. a bunch of things every single day. And you're using yeah. so many skills every single day. Every single day. Were they aware that this was what was going on? Some I would say yes, some no. But like I think they're just fearful. Like I said, they're mm. fearful to present their time away from the workforce, I think, which is not really – it's not the way that I approached it. I, I yeah. don't know. Mm -hmm. so. Mm -hmm. so do you think the um, employers are more open now to, to hearing – about this gap and what you learned are they more open-minded than maybe they used to be and which might be the reason why some some people are afraid of bringing it up yeah i think like recently when i was in chicago the the i relaunch team which is a team um, of women who have this company and it's based in the states i believe in boston mm -hmm. and they partner with major companies across the u.s to introduce what they call a returnship. So for a time period, some are 10 weeks, 12 weeks, I'm not sure exactly the details, it depends on the company, but they will bring women who've had gaps or even men who've had gaps now, because men are also yep. staying home. Mm -hmm. um, and they will pay for you to enter into this returnship and get trained with the possibility of getting a position. So I think it's becoming more popular now mm -hmm. um, than before. But maybe not so much in Canada. I'm not familiar with a lot of them happening in Canada yet. Mm -hmm. Maybe just because I haven't investigated myself. Like maybe they're yeah. out there and I'm just not aware of it. Mm -hmm. But in the States, it's becoming, it's becoming popular for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I think maybe Canada <coughs> is a, a little bit more conservative in this, in this area than, than the States, for example. So I don't know. Um, I was just wondering what what the state of this is uh, <laughs> is here as well. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, well, we're yeah. Oh, sorry, we're coming into like a time where many um, people who are leaving the workforce will be coming back. They'll be coming mm -hmm. back in different capacities, such as mm -hmm. a consultant or a part-time worker. Yeah. Be they retirees or people who took gaps or people who just took personal journeys right like Absolutely. there's so many people yeah yeah 
because I think also the the whole the whole industry is changing and the whole labor market is changing anyway, uh, partly due to technology, partly due to the changing generations as well. So I think yeah, we are, we're we're gonna see different approaches to the workforce. I mean, you can work and still be somewhere very far away from. Um, people that you work with and still do that well. So I think more and more people are going to stop being just like furniture in an office <laughs> where they need to <laughs> physically be present, but not necessarily <laughs> yeah. be present. So um, I wanted to ask you, so back to, back to you and what you do and how you do it. Um, I was wondering, um, because the way you see the supply chain and the way you describe it is also not the usual, the usual description that you would get. Um, and I could, I, um, I don't know, were you always passionate about um negotiation customer service this kind of these skills that you can very well use in, in supply chain yeah for sure the customer service because like mm -hmm. i mentioned i did spend quite a bit of time in that in that area before i left the workforce Mm -hmm. um, the negotiation really just came with the supply chain um, courses Okay. We took a we took a workshop that was I think it was three or four days I can't remember exactly but it was a very intense workshop with a really good instructor and I think that just kind of opened my eyes into how to go through the process like because we did a lot of role playing we did yeah. a lot of situations and analysis and it, that's not an easy thing just to capture on your own I don't think yeah mm -hmm. so yeah I think it just kind of I built upon it after that experience. Yeah. Because I, I heard you say um, that you, you know, apart from the fact that you were negotiating, um, negotiating a lot, um, I heard that you also, in the way that you said it, I heard that you also enjoyed it. And people are... I talk to a lot of people who are, you know, afraid of negotiation just as much as they're afraid of public speaking <laughs> or, oh, wow. maybe, or maybe somewhere there. Uh, I don't know because, you know, I don't necessarily believe in that paralyzing fear, but we, ha we all have different levels of fear um, for different kinds of things. So um, people are not necessarily enjoying um, a negotiation um, or cold calling as you were mentioning before and yeah. you, you did that you just you just went out and did it so yeah. I was wondering what 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 was behind that what was the drive that made you do it the way that you did it well I mean it at the time when I was going back, there was no real programs for moms who wanted to get back to work. Mm -hmm. So like I said, I had to create a plan for myself. I had to ask myself, how would I go from being at home to returning back to the workforce? And that's kind of how my plan evolved. But I mean, 
I guess the customer service uh, experience that I had really helped me not be afraid to approach people, I guess, mm -hmm. right? The negotiation came later on through the courses, obviously, but um, when you're just by yourself, you have to find a way to motivate yourself. So I had mentioned that, you know, I like to see a visual picture so yeah. that I taught myself PowerPoint and Visio during the summer to gain those skills very quickly and very, very economically. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad that I did because, like I said, I created the Visio timeline with the milestones of what I wanted to accomplish during that time frame. And I took that into that interview that I went for the customer service job, mm -hmm. as well as I took a PowerPoint presentation that I had done for a workshop uh, that I did in the fall before I got the job. And I think those two things really, like doing something on your own and then actually seeing results and being able to present it is an amazing way to show value. Oh, <laughs> like it's yeah. Just, mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I, I just, that's how I do things. I like to plan. I like to mm -hmm. have fun and learn and put myself, you know, just start. Like yeah. open the book and start, right? Well, sometimes, you know what, that's all it takes. I mean, just start because if you just sit down and think about it, uh, chances are that if you're scared, you're going to get even more scared. So if you start moving and start accomplishing something, then you can actually enjoy it and get to celebrate those little accomplishments and it won't look so scary anymore. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like the momentum built, like the first sustainability yeah. event that I went to, you know, I gained momentum there. Mm -hmm. And from there, you know, the cold call and then the interview and it just kind of kept going, right? Like yeah. it built one step at a time, not yeah. quickly, but that's okay. I mean, it doesn't have to be quickly, right? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, the momentum just started and from there it grew, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, you're right. It doesn't have to be quickly. I think sometimes we expect it to be quickly. <laughs> and I think maybe these days more and more, we kind of expect everything to happen quickly. Yeah, for sure. That's a, a prime thing in the negotiating for that job that I got for my company that I started at eight years ago. We went back and forth. That negotiation took over a week. I don't remember exactly how many days, but it mm -hmm. was not a quick process. So you don't want to rush these things sometimes, right? You, mm -hmm. you want to break it down and make sure you're covering everything because you can miss things that maybe later on you'd be sorry that you didn't ask for, yeah. such as the, the additional forms of compensation that make a huge difference. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And yeah. I think that's a good model to uh, apply to a lot of things <laughs> that we want to accomplish, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it's really like everybody has this fear of negotiation, but it's breaking down a problem into a fractioning of issues. Mm -hmm. And once you look at issue one and then work through it, through the next issue, it, get, it gets less fear, less fearful, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, because you, you're more solution oriented, right? When you just unfold all of these issues and you look at them in, in a different way. But you can at least see them. They're not a big pack of issues. They're one wish, one issue after another. But you can at least look at them separately. 
Yeah, sure. Absolutely. And that's sometimes when you come across something you didn't expect was a possibility is a possibility. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We even get to uh, surprise ourselves, right? <laughs> with, yeah. with what we find. Mm. Um, and you also mentioned public speaking because, we had, okay, we're talking about fear, fear of negotiation, <laughs> fear of public speaking. You said that public speaking wasn't your thing. So how did you make it be your thing or is it your thing now? Yeah, so I mentioned like I just challenged myself last May to go to that one woman's fearless event. And yeah. I said to myself, you know, even if I just get up on that stage, and do my talk, I don't go over my time, and I get off the stage, that's the best. Like, I at least tried. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that can go wrong, right? So you actually split it in, in these steps, and you kind of, I presume you visualize this. Yeah, well. yeah. Uh -huh. Just get up, and, and it actually encouraged me to do a banner and get a little business card together and get my right. articles together. It kind of made me... Uh, create a plan, create a plan to start. Mm -hmm. We're back at planning and preparing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is um, the, the most relevant skill muscle that we've been talking about in, in, in this interview so far. And do you see it as a, as a strong skill, skill muscle for you? Yeah, I, de I definitely think so. Yeah, I mean, because in negotiation, um, you know, 80% of your time should be spent on the preparation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So 80% of your time before your job interview is your research and your preparation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's the same. Uh, negotiation, job interview, and then interview and research. A lot of similarities there. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I think this is very, I, I think that these are very useful descriptions for, for, for people who are, who are going to listen to this interview, because I think it's going to give them a different perspective on some maybe tough circumstances that, I mean, we just see them as tough circumstances. And then if we look <clears throat> at them differently, we realize that we actually have a lot of power <laughs> in those circumstances. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Like for example, Roxanne, when I um when I started this journey of back to work, it was during a recession. Mm -hmm. And generally, you know, people would just give up. They would say, Oh, it's a recession. I can't find a job during a recession. Yeah. But that's not the case. You can find a job. It just might not be the job that you want forever. Mm-hmm. Right? It could be the stepping stone to your next job. Yeah. Right. It doesn't have to be forever, right? It can be for now. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a job. Exactly. And you found it. It didn't find <laughs> you. Yeah. And I mean, that, that can enable you to do something that you want to do. For example, like myself, I said, once I get the full-time job, then I can start going back to my courses because I can financially help pay for the courses, which were very expensive. Mm -hmm. um, so that's how I was looking at it. If this isn't the job that I want, this is still a job that's going to help me get to where I want to go. Absolutely. Yeah. And you're not, you're not your job. You're more than that anyway. And then if there's anything more that you want to do, that job will help you do that. 
yeah, exactly. Yeah. Are you where you want to be right now? Yeah, I'm actually having fun. I'm really enjoying going out and talking to women. I'm enjoying doing podcasts. I'm enjoying writing articles and blogs. And I'm just going to let it be. Like, I'm just not rushing it. I'm having mm -hmm. fun. Um, I created a small workbook for women. If they want to uh, reach out, they can reach out to me and it's available. It's just a small workbook I published on my own with the steps that I took. Mm -hmm. uh, the problem What's solving it called? Step. Uh, 12 steps to return to work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. Wow. That's very, I think it's a very useful workbook, not just for, for women who want to return to work, but for, I, I can imagine it's useful for, for people who look for jobs. Yeah, it can help. I mean, it, I, it just breaks down how, how you can go about preparing, right? Mm -hmm. The steps that you can take and, how I went about for myself might not be exactly how you would go about it for yourself, but it's kind of like a guideline, right? You can customize your journey the way you need. Yeah. And, and, and get propelled by your own possibilities. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, I think it, it, it definitely helps reading somebody's um, suggestions or maybe inspirational story and imagine what you can do. Um, what's one thing uh, that you're most proud of so far? Um, actually, I would have to say our boys and seeing them finding their passions and realizing it so early on. Like when we were young, we didn't seem to recognize our passions at such a young age, and these guys are recognizing it, you know, in high school and college and just entering the workforce yeah you're right i think the focus is now more on you know, our, our passions our talents what you want to do what what you really like uh doing what you see yourself doing you're right we didn't have that <laughs> growing up yeah it was yeah. Like, yeah you have to do that go to school find a good job and you know <laughs> all of these steps but it was yeah. it was the outward focus rather than the inward one yeah for sure it's different mm -hmm. and it's nice to see um i also think maybe um people like you also create the kind of environment where this is possible right yeah i mean it's always it always helps to be positive right but it, mm -hmm. it also helps to be someone who was willing to explore and willing to learn mm -hmm yeah well if you hear that uh from your mom growing up then i can imagine that <laughs> you know you would be looking to to learn more and learn more about yourself included yeah for sure and it's fun right if they're all different yeah. mm -hmm. with, all, with all different interests right all different areas oh what are they their passions uh one is music uh -huh. um one is technology and one is science. Okay, right. Yeah. <laughs> really different. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. it's interesting how we are um, the same and different at the, at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. You mm -hmm. share some common interests, but mm -hmm. it's nice to be different too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. 
um, and for for your for your own work and for your own um, journey so far what's maybe one thing that you enjoyed most either doing or hearing or seeing happening I love seeing other women support other women mm -hmm. definitely I have um, two Canadian women entrepreneurs that I kind of follow and they support women to negotiate and they are just incredible uh, role models right mm-hmm yeah, and so I enjoy, uh, you know, watching their journeys, seeing what they're doing, um, listening to what, you know, what they're, how they're supporting women in entrepreneurship. And it's really amazing. Yeah, that's, um, and it's, I think it's amazing to see that this, this kind of support is happening more and more often. I don't know, I, it's like a, something acted as a as a wake-up call at one point mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah for so sure this is how uh this is my uh my perception of it it's, it's as if just women at, at some one day they woke up and said hey we need to do something about that <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure um because we don't have uh too much time left um i wanted to ask you uh first of all what what do you keep saying to yourself to keep yourself motivated even if even i don't know when when things are stressful or they don't go as planned yeah so i have a favorite quote that i keep um taped up at my desk at my workstation and it's in my office Mm -hmm. It's one day or day one, you decide. Hmm. Wow. I never heard it before. Who said that? I'm not sure who said it, but I love it. It is beautiful. Yeah. yeah. One day or day one. Yeah. So I love it because you know why? It also connects to... Um, what you said before start with planning and taking one step after another it's very beautiful thank you for sharing that <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> when did you find this quote was it always there in the back of your head um, no it was about two years ago i found it i came across it and i printed it out and i turned it over and i wrote down a few things that i want to accomplish Mm -hmm. Just not specific timelines necessarily so much, but public speaking was one, writing articles, um, you know, starting a company on the side, just things that I eventually, writing a book. Mm -hmm. um, and I just wrote these things on the back and I keep going back to it and looking and I dated it, the date that I printed it out, just so I'd have that in my mind. Like, when did I start this, using this quote and, you know, you know just noting what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. um, and, and thank you for, for sharing it with us today. Um, and thank you very, very much for being here again <laughs> and sharing your 
super inspirational story. Well, thank you. I enjoyed our time together. It was lots yeah. of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you, Roxana. Wasn't that an incredible, inspirational talk? I mean, would you have thought about an interview as a research project? Or about cold calling, but not to sell a product, but to find a job and sell your own skill set? For me, the cherry on top was this planning for your life as you would plan for a big project. Isn't this project management made all personal? How about that? How often do we take life in our hands like this? So pragmatically, logically, fearlessly. Sometimes maybe we do, but I think most of the times we could do better. Because remember, one day or day one, you decide. Okay, I will let you do it. Make your own plan for your own life. If not you, then who? And yes, please do make it all personal. Until next time.